Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Win Pod Repeat. I'm Sam Anthony. Alongside me is Spencer Wellington. Spencer, it's the end of the season. The Red Sox, great run. How are you feeling? What's the mood? Yeah, it is a great run. I mean, I'm excited to see um, the Red Sox in the World Series this week. Um, you know, playing the Braves. And um, yeah, I mean, we beat the shit out of the Astros. We won the last four games after losing the first one. Um, and, you know, this team's on fire right now. So, uh, dude, this this is a crazy World Series run. Like, this is awesome. <laughs> that, you know, um, I don't know if you did you did you turn it off after uh, huh? game game five? Right. Did you just. Did you just miss the or game four? Did you just did you just? Yeah, I mean we were we two won? one. Yeah, so we won those games, right? Uh, are you are you sitting down right now? I'm sitting. Yeah. Uh, What's up? We 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 did not. We uh, I know that the offense was really great, but um, we actually we laid an egg the uh, next two games three games this is and, Sam, uh, this is this is a cruel joke to, to pull on. I, I i really I, wish i was kidding this? i i got i'm bringing I, up at moldy.com i mean go what's, ahead what's this, I, I'll, uh, I'll wait for you it's it's all right braves astros huh mm-hmm. in the world series game one that's, tomorrow night that's eight it o'clock that's on tomorrow Fox. night yep huh be there mm-hmm. all right well i'm just gonna see you later it's been a great podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> that's it um, i'm gonna, podcast I'm, gonna is go, over. I'm gonna go cry now uh i mean hey it's it's all right you know what this is i'm gonna tell you this and it'll make you feel better okay okay you gotta uh-huh. you gotta think all right i'm gonna pull up some numbers for you projected <laughs> record for the boston red Sox going into yeah. this season according to pakota uh 83 wins Finished with 92. Fangraphs mm-hmm. gave him a 38% chance to make the playoffs. 9% chance to win the division. 2% chance to win the World Series. And the Red Sox came within two wins of going to the World Series. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I know yeah. it's hard. And I know that, you know, Kike was going off and we're, we were beating the brakes off the Astros and the hype was there and the, the thought of a World Series seemed within reach, especially the way that we had been beating the brakes off their pitching. Um, but unfortunately, you know, Houston at the end of the day, and as as great as that Boston Red Sox lineup is, Houston was the better team, I think, in my opinion. Uh, and that's tough. Sometimes in baseball, you know, the there's an underdog, surprises some teams. We surprised Tampa Bay. Uh, we surprised people by getting into the playoffs, but uh, could not pull off one more surprise for everyone. Yeah, I mean, fuck, <laughs> it uh, it's tough to get that close. Even you know, obviously, it was a fun run that we weren't expecting. I certainly wasn't expecting. But when you get that close, you might as well win it. You know, you might as well just win oh, the whole damn thing. Absolutely. Um, while you have the chance and I, I mean we could not have gotten much higher on monday night um, no. and like section 10 the whole red sox twitter universe could not have gotten much higher monday night i mean you had kyle schwarber kyle from waltham wearing the shirt in the press conference mentioning carabas's name like it doesn't get any better than that for section 10 winning those last two games, hitting three grand slams, it doesn't get any better than that. And it seemed impossible <laughs> that we could just 
lose the next three games like we did and the offense just fall flat the way that it did, especially the next game. I mean, the next game you start off and you're beating the shit out of Zach Cranky. He didn't have it. Um, And we let him off the hook. And then Christian Javier, I mean, people talk about Framber Valdez and Luis Garcia. Christian Javier turned that series around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Because if if he didn't go the length that he did and they were going to have to go into that bullpen and they don't end up, you know, it's just, it's an absolutely different ball game. And for, you know, for, for Houston, the fact that he started that, you know, set the scene for, you know, Valdez to go and almost go the distance. And then Garcia, I mean, that saved them in that series because from the, you know, the first three games of that series, when they went down to one, they, their bullpen was, I mean, it was in dire straits. It was, you were sitting there going, who the hell are they going to throw? I remember just looking at the usage and you, I mean, they had used almost every guy besides Ryan Presley and Kendall Graveman, and you weren't going to use them unless you were in a lead. And so you're sitting there with Houston like crap. You know, what do we do? You have to think, you know, like you said, if Javier doesn't hold down the fort, that that is the beginning of the turning point because not only is that the first time that a pitcher for Houston stopped the Red Sox offense, but it was the first time that they were able to, you know, their pitching was able to hold it down in that series. Yeah, I mean, we had them on the ropes. You know, game two, Luis Garcia lit them up. Game mm-hmm. three, uh, Arquiti lit them up. Granky lighting him up and... And we first of all, we didn't capitalize on getting as many runs off Granky as we could have. And then Javier comes in and it's just it's just nothing from there for, for the end of the game. And we still should have won the fucking game is the thing. It like just, we still should have won the fucking game two to one. And then we should have yeah. walked it off three to two if Laz Diaz knew what a strike was. But uh, fuck, like I was so like I was feeling so good even when we were only down or only up two to one even when it was tied two two I felt so good about winning that game going out three one mm-hmm. it wasn't even a thought in my mind that we were going to lose that game and the next game and the next game um yeah like it's it sucks and like ever since game six I've just looked at it you know how you said how they shock people all season long and how, how it's you know an unexpected fun ride. Um, and I haven't really returned to the feelings, the negative feelings since Friday night. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Here's, I, I decided, you know, it was very therapeutic for me actually, just to like write this down. This is a my list therapy of, session. Like, this is it. And I'm hoping that maybe I can help you here by you know giving <laughs> you some, I, I wrote down some, you know, like people do like pros and cons lists or like, <laughs> you know, maybe your therapist tells you to journal. I don't know, you know, what yeah. kind of therapy you go to Spencer. Um, I, I don't just, Red Sox games is that your is that your therapy? It's all you need. Just no. That's what that's what makes me need therapy. (laughs) All right. Well, here I'm gonna give you a little Boston Red Sox therapy to make you feel better. All right. All right. So I mean, this is my favorite stat all year because uh, to me, like that's why I love this team. Was 47 comeback wins most in baseball? Mm -hmm. More than the Rays, more than the Dodgers, more than the Giants who won you know 107 games. The Red Sox, they were never out of it. 5.1 runs per, per game. Fourth in the majors, 330 doubles. They were ripping them off the monster all season long. Most of the As majors, they should. 777 straight. All right, go to the casino with that number. Team OPS, <laughs> third in the majors. The offense all year was awesome. And it was a lineup that you had some guys last year that had really disappointing years. JD Martinez, super yep. disappointing season. He, he hit. 213 last season looked absolutely lost 
all of a sudden you have all these guys come out, have great years, unexpected guys, Hunter Renfro hitting 31 home runs. I mean, come on. <laughs> if, if I had told you, like, cause you know, I, I said, I liked every deal. So I don't really think that's me getting yeah, guess right. I mean, yeah, you um, do. Um, but, um, if, if I had come out and said Hunter Renfro's going to have almost a hundred ribbies and 30 homers, you would have been like, are you on crack? Are you fucking high right now? Like he's yeah, not going to get enough playing that. time to hit 31 home runs because he's not going to be consistent enough. And I mean, just, just awesome, you know? And I mean, to me that my, I think the best player for the Boston Red Sox this year, just because of not only do I think it's only going to get better from here, but I, Raphael Devers, 38 home runs, 113 ribbies. Uh, the dude just raked all year long. And hey, don't forget me, his injured wrist. Hey, man. That, that, well, did you did you listen to any of the, the Heim Bloom Alex Cora presser today? Any of the highlights from that? Uh, no, I have a job, so I wasn't listening to a press conference. I do have a job, but I was, in <laughs> fact, uh, it was it happened to be during my lunch break, so it was very oh, okay. convenient. Uh-huh, sure. Um, <laughs> um, but they, they actually did say that he had um, right, I think, it was, I believe it was right forearm inflammation. Obviously, teams can say whatever they want. They could come out at the end of the year. You know, you don't know what to believe, say, whatever. Um, but as an official stance of the team, it was uh, forearm inflammation. Um, yeah, so there, there was some truth to that, but at the same time, it's like at the end of every baseball season where they're like, actually, this guy needed surgery. You know, I mean, come yeah, on in, in football year. right now, you know, you got Baker Mayfield playing with a partially torn labrum, you know? So as much as it's like, yeah, he was powering through. Yeah. Everybody's powering through. I mean, nobody's talking. I mean, I, I just can't imagine how Christian Vasquez feels with the most innings caught, you know, the, the, so get some ice for that man's knees, you know, and yeah, he's not, a, he's not a young man anymore either. I don't know how catchers do what they do. Literally every time I've ever like knelt down in a catcher position, I, yep. it's pain like just immediately. Yep. So mm-hmm. yeah. I tried to catch back when I was like eight. Um, yep. And I, I had a good little run until, you know, pitcher started throwing velocity. And then mm-hmm. I just, it was just not good. You know, They're eight year old Sam get out of the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, and blocking balls, it was, you know, yeah, not great. Uh, very hard position. So, but yeah, so, you know, one more thing I do want to, you know, go on to is, you know, I talked about Renfro, but like, there were so many guys this year was so fun. Cause like, there were just so many guys that had these great moments. Like before Arroyo was dealing with injuries and COVID and all that stuff. He had that stretch where he had like, four like game winning walk-off hits in like uh, a month span it was unbelievable yeah. he was coming out I with remember his, big, his hits. Uh, big homer against the braves in atlanta mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, big big, uh, big walk-off homer at home is that right or it was like yep. a three-run homer or something like that yeah um, yeah 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 no it's something like that um you have kike hernandez who at the beginning of the year you know we were sitting there going why the heck is this guy batting lead off he he can't <laughs> he's not hitting well his obp is not even that great and then he got taken out of the leadoff spot for a little while, and then he got put back in right right before the All-Star break. And just since then, he had one of the best on-base percentages in the league. And then all of a sudden, you know, the magic that was, you know, Kike in the postseason happened. And I just, you know, there were so many, even like, like Jose Iglesias coming in in September and just being kind of a, a staple guy to yeah, help get Boston wild. into the playoffs. And then, you know, he can't play in the playoffs, but he's there pushing the cart. You know, for all 21, 22 postseason home runs, I it just it was it was fun. Like I, I legitimately like enjoyed. I mean, after last year, where it just like by the end of the year and a short season where like there was just nothing good about it, 
it was just like I was so ready for that season to just be over and move on. I mean, we were. We, I remember we would just be like, "It's a fake season. Doesn't count. Fake fucking season." <laughs> and like this year, it's great. I mean, I can't. I got a list in front of me. You know, guys I haven't even mentioned. You know, Garrett Whitlock. You know, Rule Five, amazing. Tanner Houck. You know, coming in and you know, showing, flashing some really great fucking stuff, man. Like there just was a lot to be excited. Kyle Schwarber coming in, you know, and he got he was hurt when we first got him, and you're sitting there going, ah, like I don't even know if we did anything. The Red Sox fucked the deadline, and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> holy shit, man. I mean, even Hansel Robles, dude, not giving up a run in September, like that's unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of unexpected steps along the way. I was listening to uh, the first half hour of the three and a half hour section 10 podcast that dropped today. Hashtag. And, thank you, Steve. Um, one of the things that Coley was saying, which is a thought that I had before he said it, but um, how the, this playoff run kind of mirrored how the season went, where you came in with no expectations and then all of a sudden they were on fire and you're like, fuck it. They can win a world series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then it just kind of fell flat at the end. Um, and I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of what happened in both, in both situations. Um, but I think that's, that's what's going to happen with a team like this um, is they're, you know, they have the talent where they can play at that high level for a certain period of time, um, but they're not going to be like the 2018 team or the 2013 team or the 2007 team that just goes wire to wire um, because it's not, that level of talent, I would say, no. um, which uh, makes it easier to swallow their their postseason exit um, this year. Yeah, I'll uh, tell you though, because there's there's things to look forward to. Yes, you know, um, with the farm, with the the with Heimblum, you know, just making good decisions oh. all the time, having him in charge, Alex Cora. It, it's a good system in place. I mean, it's. We talked about this briefly uh, after the the season ended, but like we will not realize how great of a fucking year this was. <laughs> like I know there's no World Series, but until years, I mean, you talk about like you know, like if you ever get the chance, I know I keep telling you I'm going to give you that book, but the Homegrown by by Alex Spear, where he you know talks about what went into Maybe that 2018. One day, one day, one day yeah. I'm going to remember. Um, but like that's. Like you talk about like building a powerhouse and like that's the kind of stuff Heimbloom's doing. The fact that, you know, they were able to make a run after the year that they had in 2020 and then to go and get the best player in the MLB draft. Marcelo Mayer, best player in the MLB draft. The, you know, Pirates didn't go for him because they wanted to, you know, get a bunch of bulk guys instead. You know, Detroit wanted to go for a high school pitcher for some fucking reason. Um, <laughs> but we we went and got Marcelo Meyer and he is going to be an absolute stud. And you're talking about, you know, going and competing again and you're seeing, you know, fucking Jeter Downs right now who's fucking raking in fall league. I don't know if you've seen that. He had a grand it's about slam. Time he today. hit the ball this year. I know. <laughs> 190 in the yeah, we're we're, we're just going to be excited about this moment. Yeah, um, let's let's celebrate 2 weeks over the whole season where he batted below 200. Oh, it's just not good. But but that <laughs> that's good, you know, like positives, you know, minor it's so tough to evaluate obviously when we're not seeing and looking for the things that, you know, that the farm staff is looking for. Yeah. Um, but I seeing mean, he got that promoted somehow, so yeah, I, I I don't know what that's about. I don't, you know, but again, I don't I don't get paid to do that shit. I just get, you know, not paid to talk on this podcast. Um, yep. 
but it's like it's exciting like because obviously obviously things could change a lot and we're gonna talk about that in a second um but with this farm system man in a couple years you know and based on the way that you know Heim really likes to go and find this you know kind of sneaky talent and go grab guys and you hit all the right things plus build a farm system because when Heim Bloom came in as general manager the Boston Red Sox had one of the worst farm systems in baseball um, mm-hmm. and they're already well on their way to bringing it to be one of the best which pair that with a massive fucking budget I mean they're they're right now their estimated payroll for next year is 158 million uh, the year after that, they only have $55 million locked on the payroll. There's a ton of room and flexibility and stuff to do with. And obviously, there's guys like Xander Bogarts that if he opts out, you know, figuring out what to do with that. Uh, Rafael Devers, you know, with arbitration, he's going to be making more money year after year after year. Um, but, you know, it's it's exciting. I just, like, I feel like... I feel very optimistic at this point. Like, you know, the sky's the limit, Spencer. This was a good year, but <laughs> next year, let's go fucking get it. And every year after that, let's go be the fucking Dodgers, all right? I know that this division is a lot tougher than the NL West. I'm sorry to the fucking choke job Padres and, uh, <laughs> the, you know, put them together, Giants or whatever the hell they did. But, like, the Blue Jays are going to be scary. The Yankees, as much as Aaron Boone is a shitty manager, will continue to go win at least 90 games every year. Uh, you know, the fucking Rays will be the Rays. And maybe one day the fucking Orioles will figure it out, but I'm not as worried about them. Uh, Dude, you have to be depressed if you're an Orioles fan. I mean, you yeah. thought that the Red Sox were the closest to you this year, and then they went mm-hmm. to the ALCS. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you ever break through. You um, call maybe, Rob and ask maybe you Maybe you leapfrog the, Yan- the, Jesus, leapfrog the Yankees one day. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> they are hard. Uh, but like the Rays aren't going anywhere and no. neither are the Red Sox and neither no. are the Blue Jays. No. Nope. Um, so yeah, I mean, good luck to the Orioles, but, yeah. uh, back to, you know, one of your points with the farm system, it, mm-hmm. it takes, it takes, you know, three to four seasons, three to four drafts to really get your, your system in place for mm-hmm. a new GM. So it's not even fully there yet for no. Bloom. But you see guys like Nick York going off. Nick then, York, man, what a pick. Um, and I got panned at the time too. <laughs> and you add you you add Meyer and uh, you know, who knows who all the guys behind them are that we don't even know about yet. Um, mm-hmm. but they're gonna come up and be good. Uh, add those to Tristan Cassis, who's a fucking stud. Um, it's it's a bright future there. Uh, the one area that I have questions about is where the starting pitchers are going to come from. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's that's free agency question. question mark. Well, and that's the thing, and that's the thing with like a Boston Red Sox. It's different from like a Rays or a Pirates or a small market team where like you really need all that shit to come from you because you're you're not going to sign anybody big. But for the Boston right. Red Sox, if you have a crazy fucking lineup, you're either going to one, you know, trade some of your farm pieces away to go get a guy like like a Chris Sale. Or you're going to go take in free agency. And, and, you know, when the Red Sox are ready to, you know, feel like they're in that position, kind of like the Dodgers are now, to go get a Max Scherzer, to go and, you know, go get these guys when they've done it, uh, they're going to do it. Because they obviously, you know, they understand, you know, this was not the year to go and shoot your shot and go get a big piece. I mean, as much as they made a fucking run and now you're sitting there going, well, fuck, it would have been really great to have a Max Scherzer. Um, I, to not 
you know, really hurt your farm system and still make that run. That's it. That's tremendous to me because it's just like you didn't have enough guys in your system yet to go. Let's let's go hedge this to go make a run because the Red Sox want to be competitive every year. And I'll take that. I mean, I will take that. I want, again, the fact that you can, you, the idea is to go be a Dodgers, a team where you can operate within your means of having a ton of money, but also having a great farm system to go and try and win the division every single year. That's what you want. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the farm system is going to be, is churning out guys mm-hmm. um, for, for years to come. And, yep. and then you look at the kind of deals that Heim can make. Where yep. he he deals, what was it, Aldo Ramirez? That was the guy we sent. Yeah, for, like for Schwarber. <laughs> that was like, it. If Heim can keep pulling those deals off, like fuck, the league has no chance. Because um, that was, I mean, we got the best hitter of of anyone at the trade deadline. Yeah. And again, like there's a you know a mutual option with Kyle Schwarber. So obviously, there's still no not sure what could happen with that, but there is the chance that he comes back for another year, uh, mm-hmm. and that makes that deal even better. You know. Yep. So, so on that note, uh, yeah. So who's who's staying? Who's going? Of mm-hmm. the free agents and uh, club options uh, coming up this off season. So obviously, all right. I feel like Christian Vasquez is an easy pickup, right? Seven Rocketing. million club option, uh, eight so many innings for you guys. It's a one year option. That's great. Rocketing. I don't know if he's valued beyond that because he's what thirty one, thirty two years old now. But yeah, lock it in, 100%. Guys that are definitely gone, uh, Garrett Richards, no way they're picking up a $10 million club option. On I that swear to God, if, if Garrett Richards is back, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I will find a new team in 2022 if Garrett Richards is back on this team. Oh, man. Martin Perez, but, I feel like he's gone too, right? But here's the thing. I wouldn't put it past this team to bring one of them back. Not yeah. at the not at the club option price. No, but at a lower price, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, because they'll think for some fucking reason that they can figure some shit out with the, with one of these guys. Yeah, um, My... I hope not. I'd yeah. like to say see you later to both of them, but um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be too shocked to see one of them back in a Red Sox uniform. Yeah. My feeling is that it's going to be, if it's either one of the two, it would be Martin Perez. I feel like one, he would come back on a more team friendly deal. Um, yeah. Cause I just feel like he wants to, he's always kind of felt like he's wanted to be there, you know, especially yeah. last year through all that. And when he got, you know, he left and then they brought him back. Like it just, yeah. I think and that's Kine who I would just loves him too. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know I, why, I, but he does. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, but more important. So obviously Kyle Schwarber, mutual option. We don't really yeah. know what's going to happen with that. Well, um, he's going to J- decline his side, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, JD Martinez, it's looking like he's leaning towards picking up his player option for mm. this upcoming year. Um, especially, I think. I think... No, go, go for it. <laughs> I think if JD opts in, uh, we can say goodbye to Schwarber. Yeah. Um, I- I'd love to keep him, but uh, we can't have two DHs. We had him. No. We had two DHs for for a month and a half, and it was it was tough in the field to say the least. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't think we can have that again. But I mean, hey, if JD wants to opt out, I love JD, but I love Schwarber too. So I wouldn't hate uh, signing Schwarber uh, instead, since he's you know what three or four years younger than JD. I think. Yeah, the thing that I like about having one or the other was they were talking about this during the coverage, but. Um, you know, the, basically how the Boston Red Sox, you know, their, their hitting coach, he does not lead 
the hitters meetings. It's JD Martinez. And since he's been there, it's been Kyle Schwarber. You know, those, those two guys are gamers when it comes to breaking down pitchers and looking at tape, mm-hmm. having, I, having one of those guys in the, in the clubhouse is huge. I, I've, I mean, people have said that, you know, people have preached how JD Martinez has really helped them as hitters because he, again, I mean, the dude watches probably more tape than any other player in baseball. He just, he loves it. And that's how he gets better. And that's how he, you know, became as great as he was. And Kyle Schwarber, man, I mean, you have to know what you're doing to go on the run that he did back in what? Was it June where he just absolutely exploded? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, according to Smoltz, uh, the Red Sox entire offensive success is completely owed to JD Martinez. So, I mean, I guess we need to keep him no matter what. God. John Smoltz, uh, you know what? Uh, when Wait, one last series... time, one last time before uh, we wrap up this Red Sox season, fuck John Smoltz. Okay, yep. continue. No, absolutely. That's I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right. So, obviously, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Because you're looking at this off season, and it's it's interesting to me because what the Red Sox do in this off season is not just indicative obviously i'm kind of this is kind of stating the obvious but for fans that maybe aren't thinking that far ahead you know guys the red sox sign now when you're looking at maybe going and signing a big name free agent and there are a lot of big name free agents coming up mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out where you're going to put devers and bogarts in the future heim today basically said during his presser and they've had this conversation that both bogarts and Devers, who Devers, his Bogarts can opt out after next season, which it looks like he's likely to do. Um, and Devers, after 2023, is through arbitration. He's got two more years of arbitration. Um, and then, obviously, the Red Sox, if they want to keep him, which I would think they would, will have to pay him more money than God. If they um, don't, I'm leaving. Absolutely. Could not agree more. That that man it better be a Red Sox for life. Um so that's the thing. So obviously, you know, I know a guy you've talked about and a guy that I have increasingly really thought of as someone I'd like to see in the lineup is Corey Seager. And especially mm-hmm. because, again, Xander Bogarts said, you know, he'd move to second base if he needed to. He'd move wherever. Did he say that? Um, yeah. He basically said, hmm. you know, he's both him and Devers um, have expressed basically saying that they'll play in the field wherever. Um, which is that's what, really, that's what we like to hear. Great. Um, and even uh, Kike Heim basically said, you know, he's not tied to center field. And obviously we know that. I should hope not. Um, it makes, it makes the decisions like more wide open. You know, if you, if you're going to go, who's available, who's going to come to this team, you know, it's not like a, Oh, we didn't get Corey Seager. You know, all our plans are screwed up. I promise you that Heim Bloom has, you know, a through Z plans of free agency and, you know, where to go. And if we don't get this guy, we're going to pursue this guy. And this is, you know, the budget we're going to go for this. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see how this lineup shapes up next year. Um, but even more intriguing to me is probably the the rotation, but I want your thoughts on, on the lineup and free agency first. Uh, do you remember last off? It was it last off season or the previous one. It might've been both. Um, when, uh, Jared Carabas, uh, termed the interest kings like because all off season it'd be like red sox interested in blank 
it was last. It was, it was it was this it was this past off season. Oh, okay, it, yeah. It, it was because it was like it was, literally every big name, and then they didn't get any of them. And yep. they were like interest kings. Yeah, Red Sox are interested. Um, like, oh. I fully expect to hear that again um, because they are definitely interested in all these guys. They're just not going to go above their price. No, um, they're going to set a level and they're not going to go past it. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at this free agent list. And uh, I mean, my ideal situation is to move Xander to third, move Devers to first. Yep. I mean, that assumes that Schwarber has gone and JD is staying. Yeah. Um, you know, then you've got to fill second base um and and shortstop so i mean like you said Corey seager i love him i'd love him at shortstop uh nice fallback would be trevor story i'd totally go for that um, I, javier baez i just i can't deal with the strikeouts no, about it and then and I don't carlos think is a fucking bitch and so i don't want him ever close to my team so i'm gonna i'm not a trevor story fan after okay he just why because he had one bad year yeah and that that scares me <laughs> oh, okay uh i don't i don't like that uh you know obviously you're right one year um and especially you know you got to give the guy some slack because he spent the whole year thinking he was going to get moved and then he didn't get moved yeah and, and he's sitting he's in the worst with... organization in sports so yes uh but again um who i would take instead of trevor story uh is marcus simeon Though I think but he's he would not be playing well. shortstop. Marcus Simeon? No. Yeah. Okay. Put him at put him at second base. That's, right. that's I'm, great. I'm down for that. I'd love that. But I think Marcus Simeon will be out of our price range after the year. I think he's he gonna get way overpaid this year. Absolutely. Dudes that are gonna get overpaid. Marcus Simeon, yep. Robbie Ray. One and two in yeah. terms of I would not lay a finger and on maybe Robbie Ray. And I know Yeah. I absolutely I think the Blue Jays will be like, We love you and like we want to keep you, and I'm just gonna be like I mean, go for it. Go for it, Toronto. <laughs> Fucking either that or it's going to be like the Mariners. The Mariners, like, DePoto is going to be like, this is our year and, like, absolutely fuck it. But I don't think DePoto would actually do that because I feel like he fears spending money. So. Um, I don't know. When he when he finds what he wants, he goes after it. Uh, it's often misguided, but it's what he does. Yeah. All right. So um, I got but this. Hold, hold on this one second for you. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, got Trevor Story last. Uh, basically, all right, here's his whole career. 2016, uh, a 122 WRC plus. 2017, an, an 82 WRC plus, not so good. 2018, a 128 WRC plus. 2019, okay. a 122 WRC plus. Okay, so good, good. a 118 WRC plus. All right, and then this year, an even 100 WRC plus. So okay. you got four out of five years above average offense, and, and he plays his nice. Year, he plays a good shortstop. So. Yeah. Um, I would take my chances. I mean, I mean, you saw what happened when DJ LeMayhew came to the Yankees from uh, Colorado. That that is an excellent point. All right, you're you're you. you're turning me around <laughs> on on Trevor's story. I'm I'm not saying that I would be like super like excited about it because of the year before, but I'm I'm gonna say that I wouldn't be absolutely terrified as I had previously. Uh, He's stated. an excellent defender. I'm just looking at I would his say defensive numbers. I now. would look forward to seeing what he could potentially do, <laughs> um, especially with players that will actually get on base in front of him. Um, so you say that not, now, but then we're going to sign him, and then you're going to be all about it. So, I mean, you know how I like to ride the hype train. So <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing, uh, you know. Uh, 
a guy. All right. So Trevor's story. Interesting. Uh, not sure how I feel about that. I'm glad we're on the same page about Javi Baez. I mean, I love that the Mets, like there were so many people that got excited about him. And then mm-hmm. you just watched him be absolutely hit or miss. And I, I don't need that on a day-to-day basis. No. Um, my question to you, all right, yep. is what is there any chance that Eddie comes back? And also, just overall, like pitching. Like what what are the Red Sox? Are the Red Sox gonna go get pitching? Are they gonna say, you know, Tanner Howe, Connor Siebold, we're gonna put you into the rotation this year? Like, let's fucking get after it. Um, I, if I was running an organization, I would not want to be betting on Connor Siebold to be the fifth starter to start the year. I mean, I think he's probably, you know, maybe he'll be a nice pitcher, but you know, you don't want to be relying on that. So you got to get I would rather, yes. And I would rather kind of have them. Yes. I agree. Um, Because you want to have that depth. So uh, definitely there's a chance that Eddie comes back. I think he likes Mm -hmm. being here. I think he likes being on this team with Xander Devers. I think, you know, having Alex Cora is huge um, for that. I know like at least this year, Pitching in Fenway was pretty rough for him, so I don't know if you know maybe he wants to find a new home park. But uh, he he dealt against the Astros, you know, at Fenway, yeah. so I don't I don't really think that's an issue. No, um, I mean, and and we look at the other guys. Um, Max Scherzer, I think, has clearly stated a desire to be on the West Coast. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's a long term thing, but I would think it is. I don't think you just want to go there for two months. Yeah. Um, and then it's a pretty deep group of, of starters on the market this year. I mean, Syndergaard awesome. is is a wild card. You don't know what's happening with him coming off an injury, but you know the talent that he he has. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Giants pitchers, uh, Gosman and Alex Wood, where you don't really know what to expect, but they were really good this year. Mm-hmm. Same kind of deal with Carlos Rodon. Uh, like you said, Robbie Ray's going to get overpaid. Clayton Kershaw uh, would be amazing, but I think, you know, He's about to get Tommy John, right? So that's yeah. Not what and you want. I, I just think, I mean, in terms of health, the last couple of years haven't been great for him. Yeah. Um, I yeah. It'd just be he, cool. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, he'd be such a fun. You know. I mean, that's absolutely how I feel about it. Um, Syndergaard, There's a bunch though, of old greats on the on the market. I know and, Verlander, uh, Scherzer, Verlander, Kershaw, Granky. I mean, Granky's dead at this point, so yeah. Um, Marcus Stroman would be would be really interesting. I um, that's a guy I would I would like. I think he I love when he's on the mound how he just knows how to like get under hitter's skin and just oh, yeah. kiss him off. Like I hate um, him as a as a blue jay. Oh, yeah. But I think I think it'd be fun. Um I think it'd be fun on the Red Sox. That's oh my gosh. I, I just <laughs> like and you want to talk about like a clubhouse it's already fun but having a guy like stroman i think would add some personality um the contrast between him and chris sale i think would just be fun because would be just have... I, I would be interested to see how they get along but i'm sure they <laughs> I don't would think... they're yeah, both like uh... hardcore and like they, at the end of the day they just really want to win so oh my god and like they're gamers i mean like stroman like during the whole like postseason has just been like tweeting about pitchers like he's just been absolutely locked in mm-hmm. and like you love that because like there are dudes that when they're knocked out, like that's it. Like they don't, they don't watch a lick of the postseason. Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. Fishing. Yeah, they they go away because you know they're pissed off they didn't make it or they just don't care anymore. Like yeah, I I like Stroman. Um, 
I do. I'll tell you, like, Syndergaard's the other one that did stand out to me just because what's interesting to me about the Red Sox as a destination is you have Chris Sale, who went through the Tommy John the same time that Syndergaard mm-hmm. did. Um, and you have Avaldi, who also, you know, went through it. So you have guys that have been through it that can probably help Syndergaard That's come back. Um, and I think that would be really interesting. It's gonna. De- I think it's going to depend on what the market is for him. If there's a really good market for him, don't do it. But if you can kind of get him at a friendly deal, you know, obviously you're not going to get him for st- stupid cheap because he still is, like you said, he's got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's a lot of teams that are basically too scared to touch him, take a take a flyer on him. I mean, hell, yeah, he, he'd be a guy that would probably sign a one-year deal, you know, like a prove-it deal. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I mean, it. that's probably what he's looking at coming off of yeah. Tommy John, so... So that'd be great, you know. Take a take a flyer on him because if it like a Garrett work Richards out, deal, because that worked out really well, right? Yeah, but but like that's the thing is like if you're telling me that I could get Noah Syndergaard for Garrett Richards money, absolutely every time. I don't think that's I, happening. I, I mean, I, Garrett Richards yeah. was what one year ten million. Yeah. Um. So you're probably looking at like one year twenty million for Syndergaard. I was gonna I say think. I'd say probably like eighteen twenty because isn't that what like Semyon right? He signed like a one year eighteen million dollar deal. Yeah, or something like I, that. I think that's what Morton signed for too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or he was so, like one twenty five maybe. I don't know. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So uh, hey man, it should be interesting. Uh, the thing oh, that we need to finish on is the impending lockout so i'll set the scene and then you just hammer this home here is the fact (laughs) that uh free agency starts five days after the world series teams have five days to negotiate with their guys so like in theory like the boston red sox would be like hey eddie we want you back they could get that done um most likely will not happen because you know obviously a lot of players want to explore um but especially this year because as of you know midnight on december 1st going into december 2nd uh, the contract, the CBA will be up. And uh, if there is not a new CBA, we will be going into a lockout, which means that during the winter meetings, it will be a lockout. Um, and there's a chance that this gets pretty contentious. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, there's a chance that it doesn't happen and they work out a deal. Um, but there's also a chance that we, you know, go into a lockout where we don't see anybody sign. There's a work stoppage, you know, and for a huge free agent class, you're going to be sitting here waiting for, we don't know how long. Yeah. It's uh get uh strap in folks. Uh, it might be a long winter, mm-hmm. um, but I think the other thing is you never know with these types of situations. Like yes. there's a lot of times there's, there's conversations behind the scenes that nobody knows about, nobody hears mm-hmm. about, nobody reports on. Yeah. Um, and so that could definitely be, you know, what happens here where, you know, it, it looks really bad. All the reports are that it's bad and there, there's going to be a lockout and all of a sudden there's a deal. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's kind of what happened, you know, with the, the 2020 situation, there was a lot of um, loud back and forth. Uh, but the at the end of the day, both sides really just wanted to, to do what they did. And so they just kind of stalled and waited it out and, and then ended up playing the season that they were both comfortable with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot on the table. Um, free agency could change. Arbitration could change. It should change um, yep. based on the way that the teams are, are doing it right now. But 
it's really going to take some creativity to get this done because there's not a lot of easy answers to what teams are doing with delaying um, starting the clock on on rookies and starting their major league clock towards arbitration. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of different ideas thrown out there, and that's you know something we can discuss on an off season pod. But um, yeah, it, it definitely you know there's been a lot of loud negative talk uh, between the two sides over the last couple of years. Rob Manfred uh, is really bad at public, uh, <laughs> public messaging. And, yep. <laughs> and honestly, Clark is not that much better. So um, it's not great from the public messaging perspective. Yeah. But, you know, those are not necessarily the guys that are actually behind the scenes getting the job done. So no. that's the good news is that, yeah. you know, there's, there's other people behind the scenes that are trying to actually get these these deals hammered out so that we can watch baseball again next year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I'll end on, I'll end on this note for, for me. Um, I think the one positive from everything that happened during the pandemic shutdown and the, the return to play was that a lot of those issues that were, you know, are going to be brought up were brought up during that um, and kind of came to play sooner than people thought slash wanted. So like you said, you, you, you have to think the conversations have been happening since july of last year um so that you hope that you know obviously you know that month leading up to the end of the cba after the world series is going to be you know it's going to be the the make or break and you know hopefully we'll we'll know sooner rather than later but you know it's one of those where it's like be be ready for it it could happen (laughs) but at this point you know there's nothing that you can it is what it is at this point and you got to hope that you know baseball has the luxury of also in recent memory, you know, having the, the really big lockout, you know, the, the strike in 94 and that really hurt baseball. And so I think, you know, they're also smart enough to realize, you know, I know, I know, I know you're going to be like, Oh, I'm not playing baseball. Like obviously bad. Um, but you know, they, they know what's going to happen if, you know, there's a delayed start to the season or if there's just this no baseball stretch, um, so I, I got to think, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stay positive until, you know, it happens and then I'm going to spiral. Um, but until then I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to enjoy the world series. Yeah. I think if it, if we get a, a stoppage, it's, it's more likely going to be a strike from the players than a lockout. Yes. Um, yeah. because I think they have a lot more to gain and a lot more to lose, um, yeah. from these negotiations. And I think, you know, there's going to, there's definitely going to come a time where, you know, there's all these priorities that they have. Um, there's a lot of things that the players want to get done. And a lot of it is is not going to happen unless they show a willingness to strike. Unfortunately, yep. that that is, um, unfortunately, that's what is required to, to show the other side that you're serious sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope it doesn't have to happen. But if, if there's a stoppage, uh, my bet is on the players striking and, you know, I, I can't blame them for that because there's uh, a lot that uh, MLB and the owners do uh, to fuck with them and um, treat them, you know, poorly and, and not give them fair pay and fair, you know, mm-hmm. uh, fair compensation. So, hey, we're yeah. a we're a pro players that's podcast. That's my rant against the owners. That's your rant. I mean, what do they need more billions? No, no. No, absolutely not. So on that note, uh, that's all we have for today, Spencer. Uh, 
was that was a hell of a podcast. I feel like we uh, we covered a lot of topics there. We went we went long today. There was a lot to talk about, a lot That's to look good. back on, and a lot to preview going forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think with our off season podcasts, uh, we can kind of get into cool different topics and you know cover the news as it comes in for the Red Sox. And when there is no news from a lockout um, or a strike, you know we can get weird. Oh, we're getting weird. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna leave it on that. You know, just let your <laughs> let your minds wander on uh, how weird we're gonna get. But uh, yeah, tune in, follow us on Twitter at WinPodRepeat. Ask us um, questions. Ask us ask questions us quest- about like stuff you think stuff we think is gonna happen in the off season and shit like that. Yeah, uh, we'll, yeah. Fucking get some engagement we'll, going. We'll have a good time, Boston Red Sox community. We love you, and hopefully, you know, you love us too, and get to know us a little bit. But uh, all right, man. Uh, we will hopefully talk to you all soon. Uh, have a great, <laughs> have a great World Series, people. Go Let's Braves. Go, go Braves. Fuck the Astros. <laughs>